So uh, we're back with a, uh, another Not Too Good podcast uh, today. Uh, we've got Ethan Hawke with us, Ben Dickey, Charlie Sexton, the movie Blaze. You saw it last night. Daniel got an illegal copy or something. Yeah, you guys sent me a, a screener. Right on. And uh, I'd never had one of those before. And in the email, it said, uh, don't forward this to anybody. And they uh-huh. sent it to my work email. I had to send it to my AOL email. Was that okay? Nope. Oh, uh, wow. You're going to be being followed. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see. Well, I didn't know. Three, maybe. Months, three months of uh, paranoia and scary stuff. And then I was ashamed because I still have an AOL yeah. email address. <laughs> you, you might that wanna... is curious. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, what is y'all's AOL, do- I mean, uh, email domains in your personal life? You got a Yahoo? Actually, I'm a, a Gmailsman. Huh? Are you doing a bit? Do you actually have AOL? Yeah, yeah. My name is Daniel Baker, and so when I got AOL, I did a Daniel Daker at AOL.com. Very nice. And I thought it'd be easy to remind everybody. So enough, enough about my uh, AOL. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm so glad to be on radio. Like blown away by you know, I'm just, I'm so moved by hey. your personal email account. I, you got your next movie idea? I think so. Hey, about you <laughs> forwarding <laughs> emails to yourself. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. When is Blaze Two coming out? Place two, yeah. <laughs> Secret rendezvous, <laughs> right? The moonwalk begins. Hey, uh, welcome to the show, guys. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Um, Ethan, you remember that uh, movie Explorers? I sure do. Yeah, I remember that as a child, and there was a bubble, and they would go to space and stuff. That was your first movie ever, wasn't it? We built our own spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Tilt World. I don't yeah. get it. Like you uh, had never acted before, and then you get a gig, and like a what to me was a big picture because uh, everybody I knew watched that movie growing up. You know, I think in hindsight, it's probably the greatest lesson I could get in the arts is to, I got, I'm a freshman in high school. I mean, I remember this vividly. I had to go to the, my coach of the football team and say that, you know, I'm dropping out of the football team because I got a part in a movie. And, and he looked at me, you did what? I, said, I got a part in a movie. So what do you, what do you mean? You know? And I said, well, you know, I went into New York and I went on these open calls and I got this, I got this part. I'm going to, uh, he's, he's like, that's such a huge mistake. Yeah, that doesn't compete with the football. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I said, well, what what do you mean? He goes, listen, man, blow this movie thing off. All right, you you if you don't play freshman year, you're never gonna make varsity junior year. Okay, so you are sabotaging your whole football career by taking this job. And I remember looking at him, going, buddy, I have no football career. This <laughs> is not interesting to me in the slightest. In fact, I'm so glad not to be going to practice today. But no, I got this part in this movie. It was a crazy weird deal. And for five seconds in my school, I was really, because imp- that movie was supposed to be huge. The guy who directed it had just done Gremlins. I mean, I was going to be the next E.T. I mean, this is going to be major. <laughs> you were going to be the next E.T.? Yeah. <laughs> Girls respected me. Boys feared me. It was, it was a very exciting moment when I got back from making the movie. Those, these weird months. And then the movie came out. For about five minutes. Everyone hated the movie. I literally, River Phoenix and I, we the premiere was at the Zigfield in New York. We're, yeah, four, yeah. we're 14 years old, right? We're at the Zigfield. We're, the movie's over and we go to the bathroom, you know, after it's over. And he was like, how did you think it went? I thought, I think it went pretty good. You know, pretty good. And we're in the bathroom. In the whole, they didn't care. They just spoke openly about how bad the movie was. Just there at the urinal. All these guys going, <laughs> well, that was not E.T. <laughs> what was that movie even about? <laughs> Who was that alien? I mean, that that is what you call a dud. Yeah, they right? built I a mean, bubble on their at computer. The, at the premiere, these guys, and, and River and I were just despondent. Oh, and then I went back to school and now, nerd you know, alert. Well, I was worse than a nerd. It was like, you're a nerd who thought you were cool. And now we all know you're not cool. 
And so it was it was very painful. Was River at that point? He was already kind of uh, no, no. It was, it was both first, our first. Okay, videos. so this I mean, is like he'd the, done some TV movie called Seven yeah. Brides for Seven Brothers that he was very cocky about. <laughs> Did you see Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? And uh, but no, it was our first deal. Well, imagine you started with Explorers and you've had this great career, and now you're on the Tig and Daniel podcast. I mean, this has got to talking be about email. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. This but, was uh, this was your first movie, if I'm not mistaken. That is the truth. Do you? Do you do you feel like a, a natural? I feel like Robert Redford, the natural. And, <laughs> no, no. Do you feel like? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, I don't know if I feel like a natural. I feel uh, lucky to to have a friend that thought I might be good at something I had no idea I would even care about or you know get into. And I got to participate in something that I led with music, which I know really well. And it's also a security blanket <laughs> for going into doing something like this. Did you guys think he was a natural when you were working with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> natural. Bum, 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 Nobody's bum. a natural. What does that even mean? You know, I mean, what? it just seemed like he was like, if you would have told me, if I didn't know going into it, that this was his first movie, I wouldn't have believed you. Sincere. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a, not to be corny, but it was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, it was like putting a fish in water, you know? I mean, he's, I mean, this music means a lot to us. So to get to stand up and participate in it and share it was very meaningful. And I think that, what Ben said to me halfway through shooting is he just was surprised at how much he enjoyed it. It made a lot of sense. It's very musical. All the tools that I use to play music, listen to music, they're all applicable somehow. There's rhythms, there's beats, there's elements of, you know, raise the volume of your emotion or take it down, you know, play harmony to somebody else in the scene. And when you have a director and a captain or a conductor, they, all you have to do is just, you know, listen to what the intention is. Does he ever mean to you on set? So, so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because we're friends, but it's something like, it's hard well, to always look, you know, like you've been weeping all the when time. When I, it was hard to wear the riding boots and have the whip every day, you know, because <laughs> that's kind of who I am. But Charlie and Ben, they both responded very well to, you know, negative punishment, you know. He was really generous. Uh, he, he made he made, he made it all come together. The people that wanted to be involved in this thing loved music and they cared about music. But it's his reputation that brought people that were excited for doing something. It was a it was a, an, it was a leap. It was a gamble, but it was also an adventure, you know. And so that was a really moving thing to see all these people come, like you know, very enthusiastic and very you know they don't no one knew who I was. People knew who Charlie was, but who was Blaze Foley? And a couple of people, I would say. 25 to 30 percent of the people knew who Blaze was, and they were so thrilled that something like this was happening. So the vibrations on the set and the way he led this, the whole thing was really graceful. And it was really a beautiful experience. So, Ethan, when uh, you're directing the movie, how did you get attached? How did you find out about Blaze Foley? Were you a fan all along, or did someone introduce you to the concept, and then you fell in love? To the concept. Well, he's a person. Well, a person. Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I like the concept. The concept of the, the Blazian concept. <laughs> there are um, those. There's a, amazing, there's a really interesting passage. You can see it in the trailer of the movie, actually. And, you know, I didn't cut the trailer. Somebody else did. I was interested that they picked this out. In Sybil's memoir, Blaze had this love affair with a woman named Sybil Rosen, and our movie takes that focus. There's a lot of different movies you can make about Blaze, right? And and we picked this one. And in her memoir, there's this. She remembers this moment where Blaze, she'd heard him play and said, "Wow, you're going to be a big country star." And he said, "I don't want to be a star. I want to be a legend." legend. And people ask me sometimes as we go around, like, "Well, what do you think? What does he?" Write? His point being, a star shines for themselves, and a legend shines for something, for something else, stands for something, right? So what does Blaze stand for? 
And what do you, you could make a case to be made that he stands for the dispossessed or the, the things that he sang about and the things that he cared about. But for me, he stands for how all the working artists who are not finding uh, commercial payback, they're not getting those superficial benefits that come from a life in the arts, and they still proceed. They still march. They still want to communicate. They still want to share. They still push themselves to write better, paint better, dance better, be a better friend, all that. That, I was moved by his, the level of songwriting that was absolute, that the world was indifferent to. And you see that in folk art. You see that everywhere, right? And that's what he represents to me. And that's, I thought, wow, what if we made a movie about that? That would be cool. And you first got introduced to the book, someone gave it to you, or you had been following all along and knew of him? I had this idea that Ben should play Blaze, right? That's all I was at. And then I got this idea that Charlie should play Towns, and I could start to see that movie, but I didn't know what the story was. Because if you just don't do a cursory Wikipedia thing, issues of addiction are going to come up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that movie before. I, I know that movie. I wanted to make a movie about creativity. And I went down to Austin to kind of follow the scent to see what happened. Maybe go to the murder scene. Maybe I didn't know what I was going to do. And I met Lewis Black, who is a journalist in Austin, a uh, great thinker, a great champion. I mean, I wouldn't, he championed Richard Linkletter. That's how I know him. I mean, he was pushing slacker before anybody. And he covered Blaze and Towns' shows when he was working for the Austin Chronicle. So I went to him and said, what's the story here? And he said, well, have you read his wife's book? I said, that guy had a wife? He said, well. I saw there was a picture, well, on, there's a picture uh, online that we just discovered. I'd never seen a picture of Blaze and Willie. And I didn't, I'd never, I just, yeah. I, I, I just saw yeah, it. It was amazing. I think they actually, actually I, never met. I, me too. I thought that. And there they are together. And I can smell Blaze from that photo. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, just, he looks like he's been up for six weeks and drank four bottles of the tequila and still in a good mood. He looks so happy. He makes Willie look like he should be on the cover like Tiger Beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and and, and so, I do. Uh, Willie should be on the cover. Tiger he Beat. should be. Yeah. And um, But anyway, the, <laughs> come at once I read that memoir and I saw a very, a different movie, a movie I hadn't seen. There's an Eden-esque, uh, uh, Walden Pond-esque transcendentalist thing happening in uh, Sybil's book about falling in love. And her book is about, it's actually really about an older woman and a younger woman, both in love with the same man, the living man and the ghost. It's a very interesting book. And it really reminded me of, I don't know. Books yeah, I, you know that's really interesting you say that too, because one thing that's an aspect that's really interesting about this, the film that he chose to make, is that if you knew Blaze, there's all those different versions of people who knew Blaze. Which you did, yeah. Yeah, and he was an asshole. I mean, he was brilliant. Oh, I just did it. No, no, no you're you fine. Can, you can trick, no, he was it. joking. Oh, you can God. say asshole. But, you know, it's actually important to be said. But from the from Seville's perspective, which becomes a big, a huge part of this film, and it shows you a side that so many people didn't get to see about him. Yeah. It's in his songs. Yeah, it's in his work, but we just released a movie in Austin, right? Yeah. And most of the people, we do these Q&As and somebody raises their hand and say, I knew Blaze, he tried to punch me. Mm -hmm. I knew Blaze, he pissed in my drink. I, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of darkness there, particularly <laughs> in those last five years. Now, Sybil, she met the man before he moved to Austin. Yeah. And, and I think that if you could make 
if you made a movie about my life, right, and you told it from my best friend's point of view, it'd be one movie. If you told it from my ex-wife's point of view, it'd be a different movie, right? Mm -hmm. And the same is true for all of us, right? And her view on him was very powerful uh, about she couldn't figure out why he got lost. What happened to the guy who wrote those songs? Mm -hmm. She couldn't marry it with the guy covered in duct tape and the beard. She couldn't. And I thought, wow, this would have let me make a movie where we could do that. Meaning we're not telling the truth. We're telling points of view and how they intersect and form some context. To, and that's how we all are. I don't know, you know. We don't even know the truth about ourselves, no less a person who died 20 years ago. Mm. So for you, Charlie, I mean, the perspective of the movie, what was your perspective on Blaze? Which point? Uh, your perspective. And the f what the film became? That's just his friend. No one personally. Well, we, the funny thing is, is we weren't friends. We I, Every time we talk about it, and I should have used the word could be when I cursed earlier. I'm so That's okay. Sorry. No, don't Here please. You. He was joking. You can say um, shit if you want. No, no. It's okay. Wow, he did it. Can we go down the list? What other curses? Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find a word we can't say. No, no, don't I mean, be shy about it. I think the reason I, I jumped in on that whole thing, because it's... It doesn't, sometimes it happens in films when you're talking about a character that's a real living, breathing person, or sometimes a, a theatrical person that's been created. But I think it's really interesting because by the time he got to Austin, that was so slowly dissolving. That thing that Sibyl, I keep saying Sibyl because. Yeah. Cause she I'm loves that, to take Because of that guy. Anyway, um, th that person slowly disappeared. He was always there, and, it, and I think that's just, it's part of like the human condition, really. But it's, it is, and something I really want it. Something I, I see in that beard that you see on Blaze is how a lot of times people, as they get older, or they it starts really young, they start to affect a personality, and it starts a third person quality, you know, and you start selling yourself, and that personality starts to rule your world, and it's not really true, and. I just I see it happen a lot, which becomes almost like armor or something. Yeah, it is. It, it's exactly what it is—a way to protect yourself. And I think he was protecting the most sensitive parts. You know what's of interesting it. about that? Did you said that the mm -hmm. beard thing? Last night I got a text, and I don't even know who it's from because it didn't come it's not in my contacts. The guy goes, "The movie's amazing. It blew my mind. I'm just it really." And he wrote, "I cut my beard." Yeah, right. And I was just like, "Huh." Well, well, that means he got the movie. Yeah. Whoever that dude is, that, that he got That's the movie. It's like sometimes you got to shave the beard, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, doesn't that drive you crazy that someone texted you and you don't know who this is? I would be like, hey, who's we'll this? I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. That would make me crazy. You didn't immediately go, hey, who is few this? Minutes. I need to check my AOL contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call that guy right now. It was me. <laughs> hey, I did well, that. Well, guys, uh, I appreciate you coming in and spending time with us. The uh, movie Blaze. Ethan Hawke, Ben Dickey, and Charlie Sexton. I appreciate you guys. And Thank now we're, we're about you. to go into the other room and uh, we'll hear some music. Yeah, right. baby. It's Tiger Dan on our Not Too Good podcast. Not Too Good. No.